Let's take our Bibles. If you found Acts chapter number 1, let's stand together if you're able to. We'll begin reading in verse number 1. Acts 1.1, we'll read down through verse number 8. The Bible says, The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up. After that, he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which, saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, Wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth." As I looked at this passage of Scripture, I've been intrigued lately as I've been reading throughout the Scriptures of the term witnesses and how many times the Bible says, and even starting here in the book of Acts, where the apostles would say, we are witnesses of these things. And it started here where the Bible says, ye shall be witnesses unto me and then tells where. And we're going to look at this subject matter on some things we have witnessed. Things we have witnessed here in the Scriptures. Let's have a word of prayer, then you can be seated. Our Father, we love you. Lord, thank you so much for that which you have allowed us to be able to witness and to be able to experience in our Christian lives. Lord, I'm thankful that we have a Savior that is worthy to be witnessed of. And Lord, I pray throughout this morning that you would encourage us, and Lord, may I also say that it would excite us about some things that we have witnessed, draw us closer to you. Lord, would you also increase our faith this morning because of the God that we serve. And we'll thank you for what you'll do in each and every heart here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I made mention that I'm interested in this phrase, ye shall be witnesses unto me. As I contemplated and I've looked over this phrase of Scripture and and looking at how this word is used throughout the Scriptures and the times that the disciples have used it to say we're witnesses, one time that I noticed that it was used was over in Acts chapter number 5, after Peter was arrested as he was there for healing that man, that impotent man that lay by the gate of the temple there in Acts chapter number 4. And then Peter made the statement, should we obey God rather than man? And goes on to be able to give testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ and then made the statement, we are witnesses of these things. 
And so I started thinking back in, in our lives of some things that we have witnessed, and I know a lot of times we use this verse as being able to go out and be a witness, which I believe we fully ought to be. And I believe that what we see here in verse number eight is describing our witness of going into Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the uttermost part of the earth. And let me remind us that that still is the command of the Lord Jesus Christ that's been left for the church is to go out and be a witness. You know, there's no place in the Bible that actually commands the lost and the world to come to the church. So by the lost not being here, they're not disobeying the Lord. But the command is given for the church and for those of us that are saved to go out and to be a witness for the Lord. And I believe that's more than just at a set time, but I believe that ought to happen, that we ought to intentionally plan and schedule to be a witness. But beyond that, and I've preached on this out of John chapter number four here just a few months ago, that I believe every one of us intentionally in the circle of life and influence that we are in ought to be a witness for the Lord. But as I started thinking, not just being a witness as far as to the lost people, some things that we have witnessed that we have experienced firsthand, and I've got firsthand knowledge of some things that God has done in my life. And you can also say, I know if you're a child of God, that there is firsthand knowledge and a firsthand account of what God has done in your heart and life. And may I say, we ought to never get tired or be ashamed of being a witness of what God has done in our lives. We ought to proclaim it. We ought to herald it from the housetops. We ought to look for every opportunity to be able to witness and say, this is what God has done for me. Can I share just a few things as I began looking through the scriptures here, what spurred from verse number eight in my life, I've witnessed firsthand that salvation is only through the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, there's some that are here this morning and you would probably be able to witness and to be able to testify that you thought salvation might be through something else, might be through your good works. It might be through your church membership. It might be through your uh, baptism. It might be through something else that you're trying to accomplish. But can I remind us as we look throughout the scriptures that we can be witnesses that salvation is only through the Lord Jesus Christ. They've tried that. It's amazing how many people of religion that we come in contact with, and no matter what religion that they're part of, I've found out that there's still a hole and there's still something missing that's in their life. They don't have that satisfaction. They don't have that peace. They don't have that settled in their heart and life that Jesus is the only way. Salvation is only through the Lord Jesus Christ. And we see this down through in verse number 80. 
said, listen, ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria and the uttermost part of the earth. We could take the time to go back to Luke chapter number 24, which is a parallel passage to the last words of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, starting down around verse number 46, that it behooved Christ that he should suffer and die and be raised from the dead. And then he made a simple statement right there that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And there, then a very simple verse is stated there and says, ye are witnesses of these things. And as I looked at God's plan of salvation throughout the scriptures, I'm thankful today that, listen, I'm a witness that salvation is only through Jesus. How many can rejoice this morning that you're a witness that Jesus saves? You're a witness that, listen, it's only through Jesus. And listen, nothing ever satisfied my soul like Jesus does. Nothing whatsoever, no thing, no person, no place whatsoever has satisfied me like Jesus has. Nothing greater to witness of than the fact that Jesus saves souls. Let me ask you something this morning. Have you ever been there when someone called upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation? Can I tell you, there is no greater joy. If we could see what happens spiritually at that point, listen, maybe the battle spiritually that's taking place all around, but we might just be sitting in an office somewhere, or we might just be sitting in a car, or sitting on the side of the road, or sitting in a chair, and if we see what's taking place around us and we could rejoice in the joy that God has given at that moment that God saves a soul. I tell you, I've, I've been there. I've seen them crying when Jesus saved their soul. I've seen them rejoicing when Jesus saves their soul. I've seen them get done calling upon the name of the Lord and say, well, that's good. But I was realizing this week we were talking about a few things. And I said, you know, you go throughout the New Testament. Can I say there is no two people throughout the New Testament that had the exact same experience and said the exact same words as you read throughout the New Testament. I mean, you had the publican that came down there and he wouldn't even lift up his eyes towards heaven, but he spoke upon his breast and he said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. But then you have the thief on the cross. He didn't say it the same way and he didn't have the same actions. You know why? His hands were nailed to a cross. He couldn't smote upon his chest right then. But he said, Lord, realized who he was. Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. I thought about the Ethiopian eunuch. He was just being witnessed to out of the book of Isaiah over there in Acts chapter number eight. And as they went on, he said, see, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, if thou believest that Jesus is the son of God, thou mayest. He said, I believe Jesus is the son of God. He said, stop the chariot. Let's get out, go down into the water. And I thought, listen, you ever been there? 
and experience that joy when someone else is translated. Listen, from the children of wrath, as we looked at last week in Ephesians chapter number two, to being a child of the light and a child of God at that moment that their eternal destination is changed from one direction to the other direction. And now they went from being destined to eternity without Christ. And now they're destined to eternity with Christ. And they're seated in heavenly places, according to Ephesians chapter number two and verse number seven that we looked at this past Sunday. I'm saying I'm a witness this morning that salvation is only through the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, even if you're seated at Granite State Baptist Church this morning and you're still thinking that salvation is in any other name, then go back over there and read Acts chapter number four and verse number 12 where it says there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And that's speaking of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I've witnessed that salvation is only through Christ. And I pray that you're seated here this morning. And listen, we can give witness as Jesus said here, you'll be witnesses unto me. You say, what are we supposed to be witnessing of? We're supposed to be witnessing that Jesus is the only way for salvation. But then can I also say this? I've witnessed the power of Christ to change a life. You say, what do you mean the power of Christ to change a life? Isn't that the same thing as salvation? Can I say this? There's a lot of people get saved and boy, and then it takes a while for God to be able to do some changing in their life. But let me ask you something by way of testimony this morning. How many here you would say there's something in my life that Jesus has changed since I've been saved? Can I say there's a lot of things I try to change in people and I'm trying to learn that I can't change it but I found out that Jesus can. I'm reminded of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 17 where the Bible says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, you know what the Bible says? He's a new creature. He's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You think about those throughout the Bible that we would say, boy, they're just wicked sinners. We would say there's no hope for them and God saved them and changed them. You think throughout the scriptures, listen, there's some people that we look at throughout the Bible. I'll go ahead and say this. There's not too many of us that would stop and witness and tell about Jesus to the apostle Paul. There's not too many of us who try to track him down and say, listen, that's the one that I want to talk to. That's the one I'm praying for. That's the one, God, would you bring me face to face with the apostle Paul that I may be able to witness about the Lord Jesus? No, listen. There was a lot of them back in the Bible times, that first century church, they were praying they didn't come face to face with Paul, Saul at that time. You say, why is that? Because listen, before Christ, if they came face to face with Saul at that point, he was handcuffing them, he was arresting them, he was taking them back, he was throwing them in the Colosseums, he was feeding them to the lions, they were crucifying him, some of the most wicked torture that you can ever imagine. That's what Saul was actually participating in. Not many of us would be saying, God, would you give me an opportunity? be able to witness to Saul. But hey, you know what Jesus can do? Not just change, not just save a person, but he can change a person. How many would testify, listen, don't raise your hands. There might be others that look down on you for this because they think your sin is worse than theirs. Boy, how many's thankful that God can take an old drunkard and sober him up and make him a husband worth living for the wife. 
How many God can change a life? And listen, a wife that may be involved in things and looking at things and participating in things, that God can change a life. Not just save them, but change them. Hey, listen, I stand before you. I'm not the man that I desire to be, but I will say this, I'm not the man I used to be. There's a thing in the Bible called sanctification. And it's a process every day of our lives that God is growing us and God is changing us and God is doing a work in my life. There used to be a song, many of you maybe know this and sang it, and uh, I, can't, I don't know if we've ever sang it around the church here. It used to be a little chorus that would sing in Sunday school that God's still working on me. Anybody remember that little chorus? It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. And he can do all of that. But you know something? I've been saved for 40 years now. And God's still working on me. (laughs) That means I'm a bigger project than just hanging the stars in place, okay? I mean, it's just taken a while to be able to work. But aren't you thankful? Hey, God hasn't given up on me yet. God's still working in my heart and life. And listen, God hasn't given up on you yet either. You say, well, I still have sin in my life. Yes, you do. But I'm a first-hand witness. I've seen the power of Christ to be able to change a life. I tell you, when someone can come along and, and uh, you, can, you can think what you will on it, and listen, it'll be, I, I know we have sanctification. Not everything changes at the, at the moment of salvation. I wish it did. I wish all the desires of the flesh were just gone. But you know something, when I had someone say, hey, listen, you know, I've, I've laid down that alcohol and I've not touched it in two weeks. I say, praise the Lord. I say, hey, what a blessing. You say, oh, it ought to be longer than two weeks. Hey, they're growing. They're getting somewhere. Hey, I'm thankful when someone says, pastor, I haven't cussed for a day. I'm like, hey, praise the Lord. Clean up the mouth a little bit. Amen. We start looking at things in our lives. You say, well, What's it going to take for me to be able to get cleaned up in my life? Listen, it's not about you doing anything except for resting in what God desires to do in your heart and life. God will change a life if we allow him to. We can still hold on to things. But listen, I'm a witness for the Lord. You say, well, pastor, you got saved when you were five years old. Yes, I understand. You say you weren't that wicked and bad of a sinner. Well, you didn't see me with my sister's. God had to change my heart. No, listen, I'll stand before you and and I'm not ashamed of this. There's never been a cigarette between them fingers. There's never been a beer bottle, glass of wine or anything that's ever crossed these lips that I've taken in. Not one bit. We were hiking one day. You remember that? And uh, we were coming up and boy, we met this crowd coming up the mountain and uh, boy, they were carrying on. And I I think he had already had too many at 930 in the morning. And uh, as we were hiking up that mountain and uh, he said, well, you know, it's okay. And he looked at me and he said, well, he said, I know you're a pastor. He said, but it's still okay for you. I said, not for this pastor. It's not. You say, well, you never partook in all of those things. No. But can I say this? God still changed my life. And God can still change your life. You say, I've seen it firsthand. Yeah, boy, what a blessing it is to be able to watch God take a marriage and put it back together. Boy, what a blessing it is to be able to see someone get saved and you start seeing those baby steps. 
as they're, as they're growing a little bit. And listen, we're not up there beating them over the head about it and saying, this is what you got to do and beat the Bible into them. But you just see that the Holy Spirit of God is just working on their heart just day by day, just slowly. And they're just taking baby steps, just, just growing and just moving forward. Someone starts coming to church on a Thursday night prayer meeting, starts praying with someone in the church. I'm saying, what a blessing. I told someone after about the first two years of starting the church, and I said, I never realized, I said, how big of a victory what we would say the little things can be. I said, if someone's showing up for a prayer meeting and saying, man, I'm just glad they're here, what a step for them to be able to be here and be able to grow. Or someone to stay for the second service, get connected with their church family and say, hey, I want some more being around this church family and staying a little bit longer and fellowshipping. And I'm saying, what a blessing it is to be able to see, hey, listen, there is no life of anybody that is still breathing that is outside the reach of the power of God to not just save them, but to be able to change their life. The Apostle Paul, I'm so thankful, and I look back at his life. But then can I say this, and we'll get a little more personal in, the, in our lives and in our church. Listen, I've witnessed the provision of Christ to meet every need. I've witnessed the provision of Christ. Listen, if I'm going to be a witness of these things, as I look at it in the Scripture, it's not just saying that Jesus can save you. It's not just saying that Jesus can change your life. But listen, Jesus will meet every need. I look throughout, and you can go throughout the Bible. Listen, starting with Moses and the nation of Israel in the wilderness. For 40 years... He made sure that there was manna from heaven that they had to be able to eat. And when, even when they complained about manna, he brought by quail for them to be able to eat. I don't see too many times after quail was, they ate so much of it and it's coming out their nostrils. They ate so much quail. Now that's eating. That's eating. I've eaten a lot sitting down some places, but I've never eaten enough that it's coming out my nose, okay? But that was even in their complaining condition, God still provided for them. Do you understand God provided for 40 years manna, and they were in the wilderness for 40 years because of their disobedience? And in the results of their disobedience, God still met every need. God still brought forth water from a rock. And a second time, even in Moses' disobedience, when he struck the rock, instead of speaking to it, he still brought water forth. What about Elijah over there in 1 Kings 17, where he was brought meat by the ravens, and the birds would come by and drop food off to him? And then when the brook dried up, he said, I got a widow there at Zarephath, and I've commanded her to be able to sustain thee there. I did a devotion on the 558, and I mentioned it at our men's Bible study that uh, did a, a devotion from steak to cake. And God provided all of it. Steak beside the brook, and then that dried up. But listen, it was the same God that provided the little cake as he was there in Zarephath. God provided, met every need. What about what David said in Psalm 37? I've been young and now I'm old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. David said that. What about the apostle Peter? 
how God met every need and even provided tax money out of the mouth of a fish that he went and caught. You say, I don't know if God's interested in that. Hey, God took care of him, and God even paid his taxes for him. What about the 5,000 men plus women and children there on the hillside when one little lad came up with five small loaves and two small fishes, and Jesus blessed it and break it and gave to them And listen, there were 12 baskets with leftovers. There was more leftover than what they started with. Listen, we can look throughout the scriptures, and I'm a firsthand witness that God provides for every need and takes care of it. What about Peter and Crystal Chamberlain when we were traveling and the money wasn't there to be able to pay for the rent and pay for the electricity? But God provided and took care of every penny that was necessary. What about the Rock of Ages Ministries? Listen, hundreds of thousands of dollars that were given to be able to purchase the piece of land that they now have their office and their print shop on. You say, well, where did that come from? They must have had some big donors. No, there was a little widow lady that was sitting in a house down just outside of Tallahassee, Florida that called me one day and said, Peter, Boy, I remember you being in our church. And boy, I remember the Spirit of God moving in our church. And I'm getting ready to pass away in in several months. She had been diagnosed. And she said, I just want you to take care of everything. And I want it to go to the ministry and let God take care of it. And we worked through all that. She passed away. Listen, I won't go into all the details. All of it was given to the ministry enough to be able to buy 74 acres worth of property. And God took care of all of it. You say, well, in this economy, hey, what about Granite State Baptist Church? I remember a piece of property that we are now standing on that we met as a little church over in Grapponi Conference Center and said, listen, they want a non-refundable down payment of $20,000. And someone during that meeting as we were talking about that and said we still have steps to be able to go through, we got to give this down payment. If we walk away from it, it's gone. And there was a lady in that meeting. She said, you know something? I'd pay $20,000 to see a miracle. And that's exactly what God did. He met every need. Listen, we wrote a check for the down payment on this five acres that we're seated on right now, paid our closing costs, took our building fund down to $1.17. Hey, listen, I know that Philippians 4.19 is still in the Bible, and I can be a witness of these things, that my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. And God is still on the throne. Listen, he said, I'm going back to heaven. He says, but you're going to be witnesses unto me. I've just been hung up that we could listen. We could go through the Bible just like those apostles over and over and over. They said, hey, we are witnesses of these things. We are witnesses of these things. And I said, Lord, I said, you can encourage us in our hearts and lives. Listen, I'm a witness of these things. I'm a witness that Jesus can save a soul. I'm a witness that Jesus can change a life. I'm a witness, listen, that Christ will provide for every need. Can I say this? Not just a down payment and I could just go on and on. But listen, I'm a witness that God will send someone along and pay off a property note. And pay off a mortgage that we had on this building and on this property. 
make us debt free. But can I say this? I'm also witness that he's taking care of 10 acres over there too. That he's meeting every need that he's providing. He's taking care of it. You say, well, has someone come in? I know y'all building up right now thinking I'm getting ready to announce something. I'm not. I'm just saying that there's a God in heaven that has not failed Granite State Baptist Church. And we are witnesses of these things. That the same power of God that took care of and sustained the nation of Israel in the wilderness for 40 years is the same God that I serve today. Is the same God that we pray to at Granite State Baptist Church. But then can I close finally with this? I'm witness that God will build his church. And I can witness of these things. We've had several conversations over the past few weeks. And it just seems like, listen, what God is doing at Granite State. And I've been saying this for nine and a half years now, it seems like. Nine years. Coming up on nine years now in November. I've been saying this for nine years, man. I'm just enjoying what God's doing. I'm thankful for the growth that God is adding and God is building to his church. And I've had pastors say, hey, what are you doing up there to be able to? I said, I don't know. And I said, but don't tell my church that I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) And I said, all I know is I'm going to get up on Sunday and I'm going to open this Bible and I'm going to preach the word of God and I'm going to love every person I possibly can that God sends through those doors. And I'm going to tell them about Jesus and say, Jesus can change a life. Jesus can save a soul. Jesus can provide for your needs. And I said, we're just going to keep moving forward on what God has. But listen, I found out this boy, God building his church. Have you found out that God is adding and putting in his church exactly who he desires to be here? I won't tell you some of the conversations I've had and and recalled over the past nine years, but as plainly as I could say it to someone that if God doesn't want you here, then we don't want you here. You say, Pastor, you would say that to someone? 100%. The Bible says that as it hath pleased him, God put him in the body. And I'm saying God builds his church. God meets the needs. God can still save souls. God can still change lives. And you know something? He's doing it right before our eyes. If we just open our eyes and look for it. You say, well, so-and-so over there, they're not quite where I want them to be. That's not up to you. I found out this. If you get to where they want you to be, That's going to change real quick. You know where I want to be? Where God wants me to be. And I wonder this. Is God satisfied with your life? Is God pleased with your life? Or is there something there, hey, that he's just working on our hearts and lives and he's saying, hey, this is where you need to grow a little bit. I found out this and it was just said, I've had several conversations watching those little steps of growth. Other people have mentioned it to me and say, you know, boy, it's just great to see how God's working and they'll name someone, how God's working in their life. That from where they were even say six weeks ago or eight weeks ago to see where they're at today. Boy, what a difference to be able to see God working. What a difference to be able to see. I've had some of our young adults that some adults have made, some older adults, I should say, because they're still college and career age, they're still adults. Some older adults have brought up some of our younger adults and said, boy, isn't it wonderful to be able to see God working in their life? And boy, they're just in a good place and they're faithful and they're serving God and doing what God wants them to do. I say, praise the Lord for it. 
I say praise the Lord for some families that are getting plugged in and doing what God desires for them to do. Is everything a bed of roses? Absolutely not. But we still serve God because God's still faithful. Some things we've witnessed. He said in Acts 1, ye shall be witnesses unto me. Can you imagine, and you can go through, if you take some time, read through the book of Acts and just read over and over and over of what the first century church witnessed about to all those they came in contact with. Because you know why? Jesus said, you'll be witnesses. And here's a group of people that said, you know, we're going to go do that. And I thought, what a difference it would make. Now think about this. If every person here today or under the sound of my voice via the live stream, if every person in every area of their life just started being a witness of the God that they serve. I'm not just saying for salvation, but hey, if God's changed your life, why not testify about it? If God's provided a need, why not testify about it? Why not be a witness about it? I'll tell you why, because there's a whole bunch of people that just take it as bragging. Well, I'm not bragging on me, but I'll stand here all day long and brag on God of what God's done. God saves a soul. God changes a life. God provides, and God builds his church. Matthew 16, 18 says, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's what Peter said. And Jesus said to him, Upon this rock, I will build my church. And you know, God's still doing it. Aren't you thankful for that? Let me ask you something in your heart and life. What is it that you've witnessed that you could actually tell someone else about? That it's just so good you can't help but keep it to yourself. You can't help keep it to yourself. You've got to tell someone. And I'm saying, Lord, these are some things we've witnessed. What's some things we can share for others? Listen, that's not bringing glory to the apostles. Because he said, you shall be witnesses unto me. Every one of their messages was about Jesus. And I'm saying, Lord, would you help us? Listen, there's some things we've witnessed in your personal life and in the life of our church that I'm going to continue to testify about and continue to remind us about, about how good and how wonderful our Savior is. What is it in your life that we could look at and we could say, I could witness about this? And go tell someone how good your God is. Maybe you're here today and you've never trusted Christ as your personal Savior. Can I say this? He's wonderful. He'll change your life. You say, that's what I need. Yeah, you need Jesus. If you've never trusted Christ, today's the day. Or maybe you're in a place you just needed a testimony today. And you're saying, can God really do it? I just want to go on record. He can, and he will. There's just some things we've witnessed. God's faithful.